Hi, my name's Tina Waldron. Welcome to the podcast. Every week I look to interview someone that can help you share your faith naturally with the world around you. In 2023, I'm going to be interviewing people in Australia, also a few from overseas, and then there'll be a few weeks that I'll jump on myself and actually do a little bit of recording with some information that may help. If you're looking to do some coaching and evangelism or as a female in ministry or an online course this year in personal evangelism, please check out our website, evangelisminaustralia.com. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Win Win Evangelism Podcast. My name's Tina Waldron from Evangelism in Australia. This week on the podcast, I've got a very special edition for you. Recently, Lisa Bruton from the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, interviewed me on her own podcast, The Brave with Lisa. We had such a great time. She asked me lots of questions about how I met Jesus, how I got into this field of evangelism, how do I keep it going? It was a fascinating and fun interview. And so I've decided that I want to share that with you on the Win Win Evangelism podcast. So I really trust and pray that today's episode is a great blessing to you. Welcome to Brave with Lisa. My name's Lisa Bruton and today I'm really excited because I have a new but she's already a dear friend of mine, Tina Waldrum, and she is she's got quite the story uh, to where she is to what's brought her to where she is now. So welcome Tina. Thank you, Lisa. It's fantastic to be on your show. <laughs> I was only recently on your show, so it's nice to uh, do a little tag team here. It definitely is. Excellent to do a little bit of a collaboration every now and again. I love it. <laughs> now, Tina, for those who don't know you, can you share a bit about what your world looks like and what you're passionate about? Yeah, so what my world looks like these days is I'm actually the Director of Evangelism in Australia. So it's a relatively new ministry. Well, probably about, I don't know, three plus years old now, Lisa, but previous to that, I've been doing the work of evangelism for 30 plus years in churches in Australia. I worked uh, four churches for, I think it was 27 years before I found myself heading this organisation. So I'm passionate about Australians knowing Jesus and the way primarily that we do that is by training and equipping people to do that. Yeah, so kind of multiplying the effect, so to speak. That is so exciting. And Tina, you're also, you've got a family as well. I do. So I'm married to one husband, Lisa, which is pretty much the standard. <laughs> and I have two kids. Um, and so just loving life with them, married to a Kiwi and our two kids, one's almost finishing high school and one's almost finishing primary school. So yeah, two ends of the spectrum. Wow, you do, don't you? <laughs> hey, so I would love to know, because I know a little bit about your story and I think it's quite extraordinary. Uh, can you share, I guess, where did it all begin for you and Jesus? Yeah, so 1992, I was one of those Aussies that finished high school, did university as a primary phys ed teacher uh, went out and did some teaching for a year, but I felt like something was missing, Lisa. 
Uh, so I did the Aussie thing and I thought, well, the answer is to go and travel Europe. And so I went with a friend that I went to teacher's college with and off we went to travel Europe. And in the Greek islands, I bumped into this guy. Well, my friend and I bumped into him and he was a Christian or he didn't say that, but we just thought he was so weird because he was he was so different. He was really kind. <laughs> he was extremely considerate. He wasn't doing living the party life that we were living. <laughs> and his lifestyle provoked me to think, really. And it led me down a rabbit hole of eventually where I met Jesus. I went to visit him back in his hometown in California months later. And it was a long story, but I met Jesus there and it was a black and white. I was one of those conversions that it's not typical, but it was for me. It was this black and white where I just gave my life to Jesus. My whole world changed and I had this deep desire from that point in 1992 that, oh my gosh, my country of Australia needs Jesus. And in hindsight, that was the call of God to what I've been doing since that time, in a nutshell anyway. That's incredible. So how do you go from California to where you are now? (laughs) Yeah, lots of years in between, right? So I started attending a church in California and that has a huge story, but I I won't back right into all of that. But I came back to Australia and at this point, I've now been living as a Christian for six months or six months in, in California living. So I'm really passionate and I know that I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go back to primary phys ed teaching. I just want to tell people about Jesus somehow. So I came back and I found a church and that was a bit of a story. I read a couple of magazines, Christian magazines, and this particular church's name kept coming up. And so I connected with them. I started going to that church and I had this weird thought that God wanted me to go to Bible college. And I was just so embarrassed by that because I thought, who does that? You know, who does that, Lisa? (laughs) (laughs) But sure enough, I went off to Bible college and at the same time was volunteering and then got a job in that local church doing the high school's outreach so reaching students that didn't know Jesus, and I just loved it. Hmm. Then it just evolved over time. I, I did some work for Youth Alive in Victoria for years and then started writing all their high school's outreach programs. Then I led a movement called See You at the Pole in Australia that again got kids, students in schools praying for the nation. At the same time, I'm youth pastoring and I'm out speaking and Anybody that wants to know Jesus, I want to tell them. And anybody that wants to know how to tell people about Jesus, I want to tell them. (laughs) So I just feel arrested by the Holy Spirit that this is what God has called me to do. And I didn't feel any freedom to kind of explore anything else. Wow, that's incredible. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of passion. And it's a long time as well to be passionate about that same thing, you know, about Jesus and sharing Jesus. And how did you keep that passion alive? That's a great question. First of all, I would say, I don't think I have kept it alive. I think it's fueled by the Holy Spirit. Are there days that I think, oh gosh, I'm not really feeling like thinking about people that don't know Jesus. Yes, of course, I think that's for all of us. But I think in terms of the calling, I think the Holy Spirit sovereignly keeps that alive. And he, 
I think he does that for all of us, no matter what we do, what God has called us to do. There is a something in your mind, in your heart that just won't go away. That's the way I would describe it. It just doesn't go away. That's true. Yeah. I love that. I do think that we still have to partner with him to stir the passion. And just by you being in the, in the areas that God has called you into, I think it's just fueled the fire as well. 100%. And God has called me two things that have, have definitely partnered with him, like you're saying. So when God called me to Bible college, I was just like, oh my gosh, is he serious? Because there's a world that doesn't know Jesus. I don't have time to sit in a Bible college. <laughs> that's, how, that's, how, that's how I felt. Mm. But that was him equipping me to actually do the work that he's called me to. I can only see that in hindsight because I was a young Christian. Um, you know, books that the Lord would put in front of me, that uh, all of that was me going, oh, okay, so that's what I'll read next. All of that has um, fueled the fire, so to speak, or, you know, an evangelist would come to our church and I would just be trying to learn everything I could from them because I'm thinking, oh, that's, I didn't think I was an evangelist then, I just knew God called me to people, but I wanted to learn from them. So just being studious, I guess, um, that God's called you to something in general, well, yeah, how can I learn about it? Mm, I love that. And uh, how, when did it dawn on you that you're an evangelist? <laughs> well, that's another great question. Aussies in general are not good at putting your hand up or poking your head up and saying, I'm this or that. So I just kind of kept that to myself because I know that any of those fivefold ministry gifts, as we call them, you know, the evangelist, the prophet, the pastor, etc., they're functions, not titles. So I thought to myself, well, I'm I'm a function, I'm not a title. So if I'm really an evangelist, well, that that should be what I do, and and that's so that's what I do. I don't I'm not looking for someone to say, oh, you're an evangelist, so come and train and equip us. I just knew on the inside that was me. So in good old Aussie mm. fashion, I internalised it <laughs> and just got on with it. And then over the years, I've never labelled myself as an evangelist, but people then start to say, oh, you're an evangelist, which I think is true. Like if you're a skilled builder, eventually someone's going to go, oh, mate, you're a builder. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so... It was that simple. People started to say, oh, that's what you are. People have never said to me, oh, oh, you're such a pastor. Never in their life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made me laugh. I love it. So you said that you were in the church for 27 years. Is that right? The same one? No, I worked for one church for 10 years. That's when I was kind of a youth pastor and high school's outreach pastor. I loved that. Absolutely loved it. My, and some of those leaders I'm still in contact with that were my youth team, just the most extraordinary people leading today. And then I was at another large church in Melbourne for 20, uh, for 17 years, sorry, and that was extraordinary as well. I learned so much. We had a, a significant leader at the time, Mark Connor, and I just Again, I just learned so much about leadership and, and that really spoke 
deeply to how I outwork what I do then and now. And yeah, so 27 years in churches. Wow. And I love how you continue to equip yourself and you see yourself in training, really. I I, I don't know if we're ever not in training, to be honest. (laughs) We're always in training, absolutely. So I always see that even today. I'm always, you know, knowing that you've never arrived. You're always there and you're God's tool, basically, and he's continuing to fashion me to be able to be effective for his purposes, for sure. So you've been, you know, 27 years a part of the church serving, learning, training. How do you go from there to your organization and yeah, what you're doing now, which is quite standalone. It's it's not in the church. Yeah, well, it was a big shift for me actually, Lisa, but I guess I want to answer that by saying still all about the call of God. So for me, it's all about that's always sitting as the baseline for me. I've always felt that God has called me to the nation of Australia and to equip people to somehow share their faith. So after those 27 years or just before that came to an end, I I can remember where I was at home, in fact, and I felt the Lord say to me quite clearly, step out of the boat. And I just, you know, Lisa, when you know that you know, and so I, I knew and I internalized that and I knew straight away that the Lord was saying, it's time to move on from your job at this church. And I couldn't believe it because I absolutely loved my job, loved the people. And then I said to the Lord, oh, okay, (laughs) Uh, so should I be looking for a job? And I felt him say no. I felt him say just sit and be quiet and I'll bring it to you. That's what he said, I'll bring it to you. So it was a real stretch of my faith on every level because I'm having to step out and finish up and I'm not looking for a job. I'm waiting for him to bring it to me. So that's what I did, Lisa. Wow. (laughs) That is massive. And I can imagine there's lots of layers to that as well. One, just, yes, being faithful and trusting God, but having those conversations with people and, and it would have been a grieving process a bit too, I could imagine. It really was. No, it really was. I mean, I was heaving buckets loads of tears <laughs> when I finished up. You know, I was, yeah, it was. It was very emotional. Um, and as you say, it's there was lots of layers to that for sure. And I can remember still my my final day with my immediate staff that I worked with at the time, you know, just having a wonderful meal together and stuff. I remember getting home that afternoon and it was about four o'clock, between four and 4.30, this is how clear it was, and my phone rings and it's a person from the Billy Graham Association. Wow. (laughs) Yes, on the same day, Lisa, and basically they had said, oh, we've heard that you're uh, finishing up. Could I work with them for a short while on on an event that they were having in Australia? And I said, well, yes, I am finishing up, like, two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) So that kind of sent me, Lisa, on a a little, I'll call them a transition phase of jobs from Jesus, so to speak, or, or ministry phases, because I'd had this big 
um, church phases, two churches I worked for. Then I went on this transition when I worked for the Billy Graham Association for a few months. And then I worked with Carl Fay's Olive Tree Media in Sydney for a few months. And I also worked with Alpha Australia for about six months. I can't remember if I worked with Alpha first or Carl first, but the BGA was first. And then after that time, basically just talking with those people, I realized, oh, I need to start my own thing, like what God's calling me to do in evangelism, very different to other movements and organizations. And and so that's what I did, not realizing that this was going to cost me all of my life, Lisa, and (laughs) everything's been a challenge since then, but it's been wonderful. Wow. That's so I'm just catching that phrase that you just said everything's been a challenge since then. How so? Wonderful question. I start these organizations, I've never done anything like that before. I like starting new things, but I'm starting something where I have no income, so that's a challenge, isn't it? When I started it and I did a little bit of a consultation about, well, what should I even do? I realized there was two things that the Lord had at the forefront that we would work on first at, at evangelism in Australia. And one of them was podcasting, which I've never done in my life. Now we've done three years of podcasting every week of the year <laughs> and also an online course. So those are very challenging, not so much, Lisa, I guess, from the content perspective, because I've always written courses in terms of training. I've always been a communicator in terms of speaking at church as I'm for groups, but the whole podcast platform is different for me. So having to learn all of that, mm. the online course space, how do you then take all your content that you know that you want to develop and put it onto that space has been challenging. So all new things, and I am not 25 years of age, Lisa. <laughs> so you're in training again. <laughs> <laughs> I am, yes. <laughs> Well, that is a feat in itself, uh, sticking at podcasting for three years and releasing a show, an episode every week. That is incredible. And going online, it sounds like it was so timely as well, considering what the world's been through the last three years as well. Right. So who would have known? So I get into the podcasting, had no idea that COVID was about to hit. I think I did one interview that was live face-to-face, one or two, that was it. And then all of a sudden, well, I'm in Victoria. I wish I was in your beautiful sunshine state, (laughs) but we had no freedom, you know. No, you didn't. Yeah. So all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, well, I know we're definitely called to start this podcast. We want to do it weekly. How do we do it now? Because we can't actually, I can't meet someone. It was a blessing in disguise, to be honest, Lisa, because I had to then learn how do we do all this online? You start off and, of course, when you start something, you're not that great at the technology or the sound quality. (laughs) Over time, you learn everything. It's such a gift now because now I can talk to anybody. I can interview people every week from anywhere and I actually uh, don't have to physically travel there. So it's actually a more family-friendly ministry as well, to be quite honest. Yeah. So well done. And I, I would love to know, I know you said it's been tough. What's been some great, great things that you've seen come from this? Oh my gosh. Well, where do I start, quite frankly? I mean, it's just amazing to hear 
the encouragement from people around the country that they get to hear people interviewed that maybe they would not have heard them speak in this area of evangelism had if only if they turn up to a conference or something like that. Um, so just hearing different guests, uh, hearing the different variety, because we try and cover the whole spectrum of evangelism, not just one area, but just everything. So getting that out there for people, I'll never forget one guy, oh, this was actually to do with our course, but it kind of dovetails with the podcast he actually said, I never would have reached this person in South Australia for Jesus. I wouldn't have had a conversation with them had I not done your online stuff. Wow. Just amazing. And I'm thinking, I would never have reached that person had I not put this stuff online. Yeah. So you can see God's actually casting a broader net. A hundred percent. It's just, I mean, I'm I'm new at it myself, you know, so I'm trying to understand how wide our impact as individuals can go when we are involved in the online space. It's truly extraordinary. I mean, I get emails from people, predominantly Australians, but lots in the US, and I'm thinking I'm not even trying to reach the US. Our call is to to Australia, (laughs) but it's amazing what God can do when we partner with Him and we We just go with it, you know. It's always hard work, but you've got to go with it, you know. Absolutely. Are you finding, I'm curious, because I can imagine, you know, you've done this for three years now, podcasting and online teaching. Uh, Are you finding now that the vision is the same or are you finding it starting to stretch a bit more and get bigger? That's a good question. It's how we do it is evolving. You you know, you get a a new piece of information for the first time and all of a sudden it's all new and it's like, wow. But then when you've had that new information for about six months, then you realize, oh, there's actually another piece of information that broadens this or, or helps this go further or helps us achieve this easier or helps us double our output. That's what I'm discovering. It's all these new things um, that I just go, oh, my gosh. Like when it comes to online courses, there's there's a way that we've been doing things, but then there's other ways that you, you wouldn't know how to do those unless you got to base A first. Um, so that's really exciting for me because the Lord keeps building on everything that we're stepping into and mastering, so to speak. Then he builds on it and we're like, oh, my gosh, Really? Really? <laughs> so that really that really comes back to that um, scripture where it says don't despise the small things. That's it. Despise the small things and the small beginnings. And I think there's such a message for all of us in that, in that uh, so many of us have these big dreams, right, and, and, and um, big goals, yet God gives us these, these smaller steps to take. And you're like, oh, but I want to be doing that big thing. But it's so important to take those small steps because he really does build on that in extraordinary ways. 100%. That, that is definitely the story of my life. So you definitely have to just say yes to the thing that Jesus puts in front of you and then he builds on it, but he builds on it in ways that I never would imagine, you know, and you you don't, you can't, it's so surprising. Jesus is so surprising to follow him, isn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's exciting, you know, no matter what God's called you to, what initiative it is, it's incredible what's always on this, 
the other side of saying yes is hard work, but always on the other side of saying yes is stuff that you never you never thought was possible or you didn't even know existed. Yeah, that is so true. And can you remember the moment, like I know you kind of dawned, it dawned on you and you're like, oh, I think I meant to put this together. Was there a moment where you kind of had to go, yes, God, I'm going to do it? Yeah, I, when it comes to change management, Lisa, I'm the early adopter. So I'm the person, if I can just sniff change, I'm like, oh, woohoo, let's go. <laughs> and I know not everybody's like that, but I just, I love that. And I guess, as I said, I've been following Jesus for quite a long time now. So you get better at hearing his voice. So I knew that I, I was pretty certain fairly quickly that okay, this is what we need to do. I just had no idea. That was my hesitation wasn't, oh, is this what he wants me to do? I knew that. My hesitation was like, oh, but I've got no idea how to do this. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like for instance, Lisa, I have a friend that has a very large YouTube channel in Australia that lives near us. And so I had to go to her and say, oh my gosh, I need some help. Like I need to actually, I don't even know what a good microphone is because I've been, I've been with churches who they have all that set up. I don't need to know about a microphone or how to set it up or anything like that. And now I'm saying to her, we've got to do recordings. Like, <laughs> and I knew she was really good at this. So it was down to those basics of then having to show initiative and to partner with God, like you were saying, to go, okay, well, if the Lord has called me to this, he must feel that I can do it. He must know that there's resource around me and people that could actually help me to do it. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? I know that there's been things God's asked me to do. And I'm like, uh, how? And then he'll bring someone to mind and I'll just call them and they are the right person to talk to and just get some information, some help. And, you know, I do find when you just start to move and put things into motion, uh, he really does direct our paths. 100%. That's that's the beautiful sentence for it. And it is true. It is true. It does take faith though, doesn't it, to go, oh, he will do that. Uh, Tina, what do you love the most about what you're doing now? What do I love the most? I, I guess I love the most that it is, it's doing what I feel God has called me to do, which is to focus on a nation, which is Australia, and to try and train and equip people to share their faith. And so this truly does it because it's the podcast hits across every state of Australia. The course hits across every state of Australia. I get to interview people from every state of Australia. So I, I, I think I'm in a really, I love the season. I feel when God calls you to do something in, in life, as time goes on, you get to do more and more. I guess if we could call it percentage wise, I feel like in churches I did started out maybe doing 50% in this evangelism gifting, 50 in other areas, and then 60 in evangelism, 40. But now I feel like I'm really spending pretty much 100% of my time in what God's called me to do. And I mean, I don't feel, I couldn't have been in this space 30 years ago because there's too much that the Lord's, you know, showing you and developing and whatever. 
So that's what I love, Lisa, is I get up each day and I'm like, yes, Jesus, this is 100% what you've called me to do. Oh, and I just thank you for carrying that um, that heart for Australia because it's so needed and I know that it's impacting far more than what you will ever know or see and just the ripple effects that it will have on generations to come. Thank you, Lisa. That's so encouraging and, and let it be, right? Amen. Fantastic. Well, Tina, thank you for sharing your story and just all that you're doing. And thank you for being my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, Lisa. I hope to see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I trust it's been helpful for you. Don't forget to check out onmissionwithgod.com. Love to see you in the course this year. Have a great week and see you next time. Oh,